Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Thrive Sermon Series. During this series, we're exploring what it means and looks like to thrive in Christ. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. So we're in our sixth week of this series called Thrive. We hope that you're reading along with the daily devotionals in the Thrive book. If you don't have one, you can pick up a copy in the cafe after the service. If you want to join a life group, we would invite you to do so. So today, um, we're going to be uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, because that's what this whole series is about, the fruit of the Spirit of faithfulness. So in preparation for this, would you bow your heads? Let's bow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we have come into this place today, Lord, we've come to hear from you. Uh, Lord, we've come with uh, open hearts and open minds. And so, Lord, uh, uh, we ask that you would speak to us. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just say, have your way in us. Give us ears to hear. Let us receive and let us walk in faith, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Today's message is entitled, Be Kind to One Another. Now, some of you are saying, well, isn't that what Ellen DeGeneres says at the end of every one of her shows? Well, it is, but she didn't come up with it. Uh, The Apostle Paul wrote that. He wrote it in the book of Ephesians. God inspired him to do that. So uh, we're going to be camping out uh, in uh, Ephesians, but let me just give you a definition uh, of kindness coming from Jerry Bridges, who wrote the, The Fruitful Life. He wrote a book about the fruits of the Spirit, and this is what he said. He said that uh, kindness is the sincere desire for the happiness of others. The sincere desire for the happiness of others. He said, he goes on, he says, kindness is the inner disposition created by the Holy Spirit in Christ followers that causes us to be sensitive to the needs of others, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. So, So we want, as followers of Jesus, to let the Holy Spirit make us sensitive to, to the happiness of others, whether they're believers or unbelievers, so that we can express the fruit of the, of the spirit of kindness. And, and supernaturally, God will use that to do things that, that we could never imagine. So um, I want to show you an example of kindness, one that wasn't planned. I'm going to put a picture up on the screen behind me. How many of you watched any of the Olympics this summer? Well, this is from the women's 500-meter race. It was, uh, was the first round. Uh, that's uh, U.S. Olympian Abby D'Agostino on the ground. And that's uh, New Zealand Olympian Nikki Hamblin who's uh, reaching down to help her. Uh, prior to this, uh, they had been running in the 500-meter race. And if you've ever watched those races, the runners are really close to one another. They're virtually tailgating each other. And, and Nikki stumbled, and she fell. And, of course, Abby's right behind her, and she fell over. Abby immediately hopped up and, and told Nikki, come on, we, we got to get back in the – got to finish this race. It's the Olympics. And, and, and Nikki agreed, and they ran a couple of more steps, and, and Abby's leg gave out. She was injured. Um, but eventually both women uh, got back up. And they completed the 500-meter race and um, came in, uh, in last and second to last, but, but they completed it. But, but here's what I found out uh, about Abby. Um, Abby is a follower of Jesus. Yeah, she's, she's a Christ follower. And uh, 
she was interviewed after the race, and this is what she said. She said, there was about 2,000 meters to go, and I was feeling controlled and was mentally preparing to focus and maintain, maintain contact with the lead group for the final grind. And then in a split second, uh, uh, there was a woman on the ground in front of me. I tripped on her. Someone behind me tripped on me, and I was on the ground. She said, although my actions were instinctual at that moment, the only way I can and have rationalized it is that God prepared my heart to respond in the way that I did. Uh, she said, the whole time that I have been here at the Olympics, God has made it clear to me that my experience in Rio was going to be more than about my race performance. And she said, as soon as I helped Nikki got up, get up, I knew that this was what it was about. Amazing. Now, here is a, a young woman uh, who was pursuing her Olympic dream, and, and in the middle of it, uh, it became disastrous. Uh, but the Holy Spirit bore fruit in her kindness because she was sensitive to the happiness of another competitor. And, and tried to help her. Uh, what a role model for us. Today's scripture comes from the uh, chapters 4 and 5 of the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible or your smartphone app, go ahead and open up to Ephesians 4, verse 32. I'm going to be reading mostly from the ESV version. It's also going to be on the screen, but I'm going to encourage you to use your, uh, your scriptures. So uh, let me read, uh, excuse me, beginning in verse 31, let me read. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So I want to ask three questions this morning, and I want to answer them from these scriptures. The first question is, where do we learn kindness? Where do we learn kindness? You know, where have we learned it? We learn kindness from where we've received kindness. And we've received kindness from God the Father and God the Son. The kindness of the Father and the Son should inspire us to be kind in like fashion. Verse 32, I'm just going to give you the last part of it. Verse 32, God in Christ forgave you. That's kindness. The forgiveness of God for us is kindness from God to us. So let's talk about this. See, forgiveness is so important because God takes sin so very seriously. He knows that sin separates us from him. He knows that before we became followers of Jesus, our sin separated us from him. Our sin created a barrier. And so he takes our sin very seriously, and he desires to forgive us, demonstrating his kindness and his compassion. We sang a song this morning called Kindness, the last one we sang, and it says, your kindness, God, leads us to repentance. That, that comes from the, the book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 4. Let me read it to you. 
Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Have you ever considered that? The kindness of God to to offer you forgiveness is, is designed to lead you to the fact that you're a sinner and you need to repent so that you can receive that forgiveness. God's kindness leads us to repentance, not just the first time when we came to faith in Jesus Christ, but it should continue to lead us to repentance, to recognize that Jesus died on the cross for us. So so when we sin today, or when we sin tomorrow, or when we sin this week, we say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my sins. I'm going to seek to not do it again. And he forgives us. God's kindness God takes it seriously. Another way that we know God takes forgiveness so seriously is because God's forgiveness is so costly. God's forgiveness for you and me cost him his son. His son died on the cross for us. Pastor uh, John Piper writes about how serious God takes forgiveness and how we, as Christ followers, should take this forgiveness and thus kindness seriously. So let me just share with you a quote. He said, God's forgiveness reckons with a real settling of accounts, and so should ours. Every sin that has ever been committed will be justly punished, either in hell or on the cross. God never sweeps one little lie under the rug. Someone always pays. So when kindness calls us to forgive a wrong that has been done against us, we're sustained by the truth of God's holiness. That wrong is going to be dealt with. Either the person who committed it against us will trust Christ in the end, in which case the wrong they committed is punished in the wrath that was poured out on Christ when the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all, or... The person who committed that wrong against us is, going, is not going to trust Christ in the end, in which case the wrong that they committed will be punished in the sufferings of hell. And in neither case should we fear to forgive as though there was no settling of accounts in the universe. So we learn kindness through the forgiveness of God. And like God has forgiven, we should forgive also. But not only do we learn it from God the Father, we also learn kindness from God the Son. Verse 2 says this, Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. Christ's love should guide our kindness. We should imitate the kindness that Christ has shown to us. And that love for us, we need to understand, first of all, is undeserved. We don't deserve that love that was given to us on the cross. But he gave it to us. You know, Scripture tells us that that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies of God instead of friends of God, Christ died for us. He died without any guarantee that his actions on the cross would elicit a response of faith from us. He died on the cross for us. So we understand 
that the love that he showered on us was undeserved. Here's the second thing. It's sacrificial. Christ's love is sacrificial. He died for us, knowing that it was up to us to decide to accept or reject that love. So we learn to be kind from God the Father and God the Son, and we're called to emulate it. So here's the second question. Where do we get the power to be kind? Where do we get the power? Verse 31, let's go back to that. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So that's verse 31. If you were to go back to the original language and you were to read it in the original Greek, you'll discover, uh, as some grammarians would, would know, is that it's written in the passive voice, not the active voice. So quite literally, it would, it would go, read this way. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be taken away. From you. Be taken away. It's not that we're doing something, it's something's being done to us. It's happening to us. There, there's a hint that the instrument of our kindness is not from us. That's what passive voice tells us. It's not by our might, it's not by our power, it's by a power outside of us. If left to ourselves, we will, not be, we will no more be able to get the, the bitterness and malice out of our hearts than we would be able to, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps every day. It doesn't lie within us. So where does it come from? It comes from the Spirit of God, which has been given to us by God the Father and by God the Son when we believed in Jesus we were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into our lives to be, as Scripture says, to be our guide, to be our teacher, to be our comforter, to be our advocate. The Holy Spirit has come to advocate for us, to comfort us, to teach us, to guide us in all that Jesus taught. Remember, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, the Holy Spirit empowers us to bear all of the fruit, including the fruit of kindness. Now, some of you may understand this. Uh, if, if you're into football, you know what a stiff arm is. Okay, Stiff arm is basically you, you hold out your arm to a tackler who's trying to tackle you, and you ward them off with that hand. The reason I tell you that is, you know, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and the Holy Spirit wants us to follow his promptings and his leadings. But we can do that to the Holy Spirit we can stiff arm the Holy Spirit. We, we can, you know, reject what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. We can not, not let the Spirit guide us and direct us. You know, uh, last Sunday we had an amazing outpouring of response to prayer time, uh, and, and it was really cool, and people have just felt, been blessed by it, and, and I've heard a, a lot of people talk about how blessed they were. And, and one thing I heard somebody say is, wow, the Holy Spirit really showed up last week. Well, not exactly. The Holy Spirit is always here. The Holy Spirit's here right now. What happened last week was people stopped stiff-arming the Holy Spirit. People responded to the Holy Spirit. 
people said, I'm going to walk forward and I'm going to let somebody pray over me. I'm going I'm to ask for prayer about something. I'm, I'm going to submit to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us in all places at all times. The Holy Spirit's active, ever-present, all-powerful, working in us. The Holy Spirit is is who gives us the power to bear the fruit, and the fruit that comes from us is empowered by the Spirit. Now, when, when I say that, I think it's also important to say this, that there is a part of us not only to let the Holy Spirit, but it's to trust, to believe, to have faith that the Holy Spirit wants to do those things in us. Uh, Let me describe the instrument through which you and I appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Galatians, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul starts with these questions, and he says, Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish Having begun with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? And the answer to that, obviously, is a resounding no. I'm not trying to overcome my bitterness or my wrath or my anger or my clamor or my slander or my malice through the power of the flesh. I want to overcome that through the power of the Spirit. And I don't don't want to stiff arm the Holy Spirit. I want to say, Holy Spirit, come in And take that anger and bitterness away and bear the fruit of kindness in me. I am doing what I am supposed to do when I do that. When I say, Holy Spirit, come in. I'm believing. I'm trusting the Spirit. I'm trusting that God wants to work in us and in me. In verse 32, speaking about faith. Paul writes, God in Christ forgave you. So with that, we need to understand that Christ forgave us when we accepted him by faith. And he put the Holy Spirit in us. We accept that he forgave us and that he loves us. So as we sang this morning, uh, we're no longer slaves to fear. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're sons of God. We're we're daughters of God. We're children of God who has blessed us, who has poured the Holy Spirit into us to be empowered to be his followers. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. You could say the fuel is faith. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. So that's where we get the power. Be kind. Even to those people who you're thinking about who are so hard to be kind to. So here's the third question. How much kindness do we show then? How much? How much? Well, let's go back to verse 32. Paul writes, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. What's the limit to God's forgiveness for us in Christ? There is no limit. It's limitless. So his kindness is limitless. So for the followers of Jesus, for the sons and daughters of God, our bearing the fruit of kindness should have no limit. 
If you go back to there, just after he says, be kind to one another, he says, tenderhearted. It, it needs to come from the depths of our hearts. It's limitless and it's deep. From the depths of, of our emotional well-being, we need to be kind. Jerry uh, Bridges has written this. He said, you know, our, our natural inclination is to show kindness to only those to whom we have some natural affinity. Family, friends, likable acquaintances. But God shows kindness to those who are most despicable, the ungrateful and the wicked. And he writes, he says, have you ever tried to be kind to someone who is ungrateful? Unless God's grace was working in your heart in a significant way, your reaction to their ingratitude may well have been, I'll never do anything like that for that person again. You with me? You ever felt that? I have. But God doesn't turn his back on the ungrateful. Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. That's our example of kindness. And that's the limitless nature of kindness that we're supposed to demonstrate, to be kind, to be people who let the kindness of God work in our lives and flow through us. God desires to produce the fruit of kindness in us as he has shown us. Remember back at the beginning of this message where I showed you the picture of Abby Diagnostino. I began the message telling you about her, and uh, she said that God made it clear to her that the reason for her to be at the Rio Olympics was going to be for something more than her performance in the race. Do you realize that God wants more from you than for you to think about your performance in this life? You, you know, God doesn't really care about your net worth. God doesn't really care about all the things you have. God's not concerned uh, with uh, the work that you do to improve yourself and, and to make yourself uh, uh, better, but what God is concerned is about who you are as his sons and daughters. He's concerned about your character and about you being faithful followers who let the Holy Spirit work in them. You, you know, let's be honest, most of us are, are concerned about our responsibilities, about our problems, uh, about our plans. Producing the fruit of the Spirit, particularly the fruit of kindness, means that we're not going to be looking inside ourselves, but we're going to be looking at others and how God may want to help us exhibit kindness to them. It's thinking about the other rather than thinking about ourselves. It's about being faithful followers. So I want to challenge you as... You go through the rest of this day, tomorrow, this week, uh, this month, uh, the rest of your lives. Ask yourself, Lord, you've shown me kindness. 
How would you like me to bear the fruit of kindness? To whom would you like me to show kindness to? You know, if you go to a restaurant, how are you going to show kindness to the wait staff? If you, if you go to a, a business, how are you going to show kindness to the people that come to serve you? If you're hanging out in your neighbor, how, uh, neighborhood, how are you going to show kindness to your neighbor? At school, how are you going to show kindness to your classmates or to your teachers? Uh, when you're driving down the road, how are you going to show kindness to the other drivers? Uh, you know, I mean... The scenarios are limitless, aren't they? But we have to do this. Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. We just say, Holy Spirit, fill me, guide me, give me ears to hear. Let me follow your lead. The Holy Spirit's with us all the time. We need to respond. You, you, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, sometimes uh, it, it just comes up naturally, but sometimes it comes up because we have to choose to let it blossom. Probably more times than not, because sometimes in our, in our flesh, we hold the Spirit back. So I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer. And just to, to get serious with God, in this time, I, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about where you need to let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life with the fruit of kindness and the other fruits of the Spirit. So let's, let's bow our heads. If you want to, just put your hands open just as a, a sign to say to the Spirit, you're open to the Spirit. So, so Lord, with our, our arms and uh, palms open, Lord, we say, Lord, uh, uh, we're so grateful. Uh, Father, we're so grateful that you sent us uh, the Holy Spirit, that you and Jesus did, because you knew that we would need a, a teacher a guide, a comforter, an advocate. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us. Holy Spirit, we confess that we've held you at bay. We've stiff-armed you. We haven't let you have your way in our lives. And we want to receive your promptings, and we want to be faithful followers. And so, Lord, right now, we're just going to take a moment to confess uh, any time, any place where we've held you at bay or, or where we need your courage, your boldness to, to be kind in uh, challenging situations. So, Lord, hear our prayers. Spirit, have your way in our lives, in our homes, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our being parents or being children, in our places of employment, in our classrooms, on our roads, in our neighborhoods, in our church, Lord, in every corner of our lives. And Lord, we do confess that we've held you at bay. Forgive us and work in us and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, in just a moment when we conclude the service, the prayer team will be up here. If you want to pray with somebody, don't be shy. Come on up and ask for somebody to pray with you. 
Um, but before we close out the service, just to remind you, in your bulletin, uh, there are connection cards. If you've responded to the Holy Spirit, if you want to take that challenge to memorize that verse, if you have a prayer request, you can put uh, fill those out. You can uh, drop those in the offering baskets with your offerings uh, at the end of the service. Um, and uh, we want to do something special today. We, we want to take a, a moment to recognize a, a leader who's uh, 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 stepping down. And so I uh, want to invite John DePiro to come forward and uh, all the other elders. We want to thank him and uh, pray for him as uh, he steps down from this ministry. John's been an elder with us for the last couple of years, and he's sensing uh, that uh, it's time uh, for him to step down. And so we've been honored uh, to have John on our team and to work with us and serve. He is... Uh, if you know John's story, it, it's just an amazing story of what God's done in his life. He had a, a life-threatening illness and an equally life-threatening surgery. And, and he said, you know, I, I feel like God's saved me for a purpose. And he began just to, to plug in and, and serve at the church and do all kinds of things and come alongside. And, and when we asked him to be an elder, he stepped up to be an elder. And uh, he blessed us with his leadership. And he helped us uh, press hard to get into this place. And that was just a blessing to us. And so... We want to bless him today and honor him and pray for him and uh, give him a gift and thank him for his ministry and service. So if you would, bow your heads with me and let's pray over John. Heavenly Father, we thank you for John. We thank you for his leadership. We thank you for his servant's heart. We thank you for his ministry here to the body. Lord, we're grateful for all that you've done in him and we look forward to what you will do with him in the future. And so, we, Lord, we ask for blessings on him, blessings on his family, on his marriage, and on his kids. And Lord, we just uh, pray that you would continue to do amazing things in his life. Thank you for him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. One minute, guys. Clark, you said something interesting about being open to the Holy Spirit. And um, the last service, we didn't do this. John, I have a favor. Trish, can you come up here? Yeah, come on up. <laughs> because when you're in leadership, it's not a solo endeavor. Yeah. And when we pour out as a body together, it's like plowing a field. When a farmer has a field sit for a long period of time, the ground gets hard. And then when you go to dive your plow in, that soil is rock hard and then you start hitting rocks, you start hitting stuff. When you step into leadership, you start banging into things and it takes a toll. It takes a toll as a leader. And John leaned in, John pressed in. And he had rocks I'm sure he banged into. And I'm sure some people might have felt that they were banging into rocks at the same time. It's part of being a leader. You stand in the gap and you press in and you cut through and you do your best to stay resilient. And I just thought it was an important to do continue what Clark was doing. But bless you guys as a family moving forward because of what you've poured out. We are where we are. And we definitely want to let you know that every single ounce of energy that you poured in is gonna return tenfold to you guys. We just wanna thank you for that. And are there other leaders in the room? There's gotta be more leaders. Steven, can you come up please? I wanna pray and put hands on John because this is an important moment for him. More leaders, Steven Stepinski, please come up. Anyone, everyone, people come on up, please. Let's stop sitting in seats, let's come on up. I'll put you down there, okay? Come on guys, anyone, more. Lord, when you call a servant and the servant says, here I am, send me, it comes with a weight. And so, Lord, every single weight 
that John and Trish have carried, Lord, we ask that you would just bless and pour into them, that when they walk together, you would feel your presence would just soak through and all the labor that they've done to carry would return to them, that their children would be blessed, that they would be blessed. And when they would look in each other's eyes, they would say, hey, good job, good and faithful servants, because it's both of you guys. Both of you guys have been faithful. And Trish, you have been behind the scenes in ways that maybe some haven't seen. And every, every time when John came home, Lord, if he was carrying a weight, you carried it with him. And Lord, we release that off of you, that you can leave and know that we are proud to have you labor with us in this season. We thank you for everything you've done and bless you in Jesus' name. As we bring this uh, service to an end today, we just encourage you to talk about what God has been doing in your lives and the kindness of the spirit that he wants to dwell in each one of us. So receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you'd like to pray, the prayer team will be up here in a moment. And when you're released to go to the cafe and connect with one another. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. It's our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information about Valleybrook Community Church, please visit our website at valleybrook.cc.